welcome back to Opening the Box of Knowledge. Uh, Steve Kachung, how are you doing, brother? I'm doing good. How are you? Good. You're just racking up those miles lately, huh? You know, I think this this year might be one of those 100K years. It's like, oh, I've never done that before. So where were you at? You were just out in... uh well, the most recent, yeah, exactly. I went kind of, kind of home a little bit. You know, the, the most recent trip was in uh, in Dillingham, Chukwuyun, uh, and uh, uh, we had an opportunity to do a, a, a community show out there with with the band. It was it was beautiful. Um, this one was fun because we we had actually had a chance to engage with the dance groups and uh, dancing and yuguk our our cultural practice of, of traditional dancing, which is called yuhak. We had a chance to really um, uh, focus on that. We had a, a practice with the community dance group the day before the show. Um, and then we did uh, like five dances with them during the concert. It was, um, it was really healing. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, I followed along, you know, on social media, and it looked like you guys literally had a packed gym. Oh, it was. It felt like we were in a, a rock stadium. It was like, <laughs> a, it was so loud in there. It was, it was awesome. And, you know, and, you know, we've, we've just come across, um, coming out of a, a pretty crazy, you know, uh, tragedy in my in our home area, uh, which they were able to, um, they, they weren't affected with by the storm as um uh, like the other communities, but it was what was really um, kind of special for us being there. We we really gave our love to to our uh, relatives um, in the western coast, and and the community came out and uh, with with uh, um, donations and uh, prayers and all of that. It was it was it really was a healing healing weekend. Incredible. Yeah. Really good. Well, man, we got an exciting uh, this one is exciting episode. Yeah. It, it's this has been really cool how it's taking on a life of its own. Opening the box of knowledge, uh, we've had some pretty cool conversations with some pretty good people, and this week I think uh, is just another uh, notch in that. Right, we've really been uh, talking to some really great people, and this week we have Lisa Murkowski. Yeah, this one's exciting. We're opening all kinds of boxes, I mean, yeah. diverse, diverse kinds of boxes, and this and the knowledge that's coming out. So I'm really looking forward this to this conversation um, and getting to know uh, Senator Lisa Murkowski and and her, more personally. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I hope everybody enjoys the episode. Well, welcome back to opening the box of knowledge uh, here uh, with my brother Kachung. Good morning. Hello. Yeah. And I'm Chakya Ish, Richard Peterson, Rick. Uh, really excited today to have a friend join us that uh, I'm a big supporter of, a big fan of the work that she does. And uh, that's Senator Lisa Murkowski. Lisa, good morning. Good morning. It is good to be with, with both of you. Um, it's good to be back home, and it's good to, to know that for at least the next, next six weeks or so, uh, the opportunity to be visiting with people is in, in their homes and in their, in their communities is, is renewed again, and um, to have conversations with, with just friends like you two is a real pleasure. Great way to start my Sunday, so thank you for that. 
You bet. So, Lisa, you're right in the midst of uh, election season, right? And uh, right. Uh, one of the things I'm I'm really proud of in, in your work is I see you're out in all the communities, and mm-hmm. you know it's a very genuine thing. Uh, we just had this awful storm, Murbach. Uh, hit Western Alaska, and of course, so you've been out in Western Alaska a lot. What are you, what are you seeing out there? Well, you know, it's hard. It's it's hard when you go to these small communities. Um, Elam is uh, I don't know, you know, Elam's about 125 people, and and to go into that that uh, Western community and see the impact to um, to their infrastructure. And, you know, when you say infrastructure, it makes it sound so formal, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's people's homes. It's, it's the things that they have saved for their, their skiff that allows them to go out fishing. Um, the new motor that they bought last season and to see the, the destruction that came from this storm and this surge to go out to, to, to Chivak and see what the winds did. You know, Stephen, you're you're from that that region there. And uh to to fly in, it was it was it was extraordinary to see because you're looking out over that tundra. We were coming from uh from Hooper Bay to to Chivak and we were flying pretty low and it looked like big pieces of I don't know, big white things on the on the kind of fall colored um, tundra there. And, and then you realize these are all boats. These are skiffs that have been pushed inland. You know, I don't know, three, four, five miles from where they were picked up from the river and, and just deposited like like just litter all over. And and and. And to be in in uh, in Nome, walking the uh, the beach there, uh, just below where so many fish camps are, there at Fort Davis, and mm-hmm. and to see somebody's Yamaha motor looked like a pretty good motor. You, you kind of it's like what's this buried under all of this debris and 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 sand, and it's. It's their motor that's not going to be moving them around when the next season comes, and so it it was really hard to see, and it was hard because you know, we were we were very fortunate that we didn't lose any lives. Amazing, really, mm-hmm. considering the the strength and the intensity of the storm, um, and I think that speaks to the resilience of the people. And when they know that there's a storm coming, it's like, all right, we're going to do everything that we can to keep our families safe. And that's tribute to them. But then when you see that we avoided that, but the threat ahead of us is in a couple of weeks now, winter's here. And what what's the threat to these families going to be, you know, ongoing? So the moment of the tragedy is gone. but I'm I'm feeling like we have so many vulnerable communities now, people where they lost all of their food, all their subsistence foods were safely tucked away in their freezers. And then when you lose power mm-hmm. to lose 
your meat, your seal oil, to lose your berries, to lose your fish. It's, it's just hard. And, you know, Rick, I, um, it's so important to be out in these communities because I've seen all the pictures. I've, I've gotten the briefings from, from our, our, our guard people and, you know, our first responders, um, the FEMA teams, but there's no substitute for being out and talking to people about just about where they are right now. And again, that exposure, exposure from a storm that's going to be ongoing. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah, been all tough. You do, all you had to do is just like be on social media. You know, was when it was going down, it was Aussie and I were over in Kodiak doing a dance, um, teaching some traditional dancing with the communities there. And, you know, him and I, we were just get, got done drumming and dancing. It was like, we're in this hive, just on this hive of this day, right? Just creating all this beautiful art with these folks. And, and then, then we sat down and, and was just watching what was unfolding on, on social media. And it was just like, even just there, right? We didn't have the briefings or things mm-hmm. like that, but it was just, you can really see the, the effect of what was happening and, and the devastation, you know, and being from that community, from those communities, both Aussie and I, um, just those little snippets that we were seeing on social, we knew how devastating with this was, you know, because the first thing that we were thinking was exactly what you're talking about was we were thinking about the fish, you know, the, all the, the, those resources that we, that are needed to be able to live out there. And I was just, those were the first things I was thinking. I mean, I wasn't thinking like clothes and like socks and you know, I was like, oh my gosh, all that food and all that, all that you need to be out there. Um, I was like, that's, that's all lost. And, and in many of the communities. So um, absolutely. It was, it was, it was definitely hard to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the irony of the timing too, because they just concluded gathering season, just mm-hmm. kind of yeah, celebra- just got done. Oh, celebrating, putting up all this food for the winter. And then this happens. Yeah. You, you know, Lisa, I'm so thankful for uh, you and our delegation there in DC being able to convey that and be those champions over there to make sure, um, you know, the aid is met. And uh, I seen that you uh, all lobbied together to make sure that we got like 100% and you were successful in that too. And that's, so kind of cheesh, how uh, for that? Well, and, and you know, it, it wasn't easy um, because what happens in, in these disasters is FEMA is there, you've got your state uh, emergency response and state funding, but the, 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 the obligation is, is a 75-25. The feds will kick in 75% and, and 25% then to the state or the communities. But think about that. Think about if you are, if you're Elam or Golovin, Chivak, Hooper, uh, um, you know, Nome, Nome has a little more resources available to them but all of these other um, communities, Shaktulik, that lost that whole berm mm-hmm. there, uh, you, you, you think about their ability to come up with any kind of a, a match in terms of a cost share. And so 25% may as well be a million mm-hmm. percent. They're not going to be able to do that. Mm. And, and again, the thing that we needed to impress upon the, the, the president, really, was the urgency of the moment. We were all watching, just, I mean, literally, the, 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 the waters hadn't even receded in Western Alaska. 
when we were already seeing the impact to, to Puerto Rico and we were seeing it go up the West Coast, Fiona, and then the threat of Ian. And you're thinking to yourself, wow, because, because we were blessed that the, no lives were lost, are we going to be left behind right. in the minds of the, of the administration and FEMA because it wasn't such a horrible disaster? And, you know, I say that with quotes around it because it is a horrible disaster um, in, the, in, in terms of what it means going into a winter. And so what it really took was we had to, ex- like I, I joked, I said, I have to translate Alaskan to, to these to the FEMA administrator. And we were really lucky because she was able, she flew from Puerto Rico to Nome, um, which was really important, but we'd asked her to do it. She came out and, and, and she needed to understand what a fish camp was. This is not a place where you go recreational sport fishing and you hang out with your, your family and you just play. She needed to understand that four-wheelers are your main source of transportation mm-hmm. and that your, your boat is, is your, your work tool, as is your engine, as are your nets. We were on, we were on the beach there in Nome with the administrator and Mary Peltola was walking. Um, we were walking through these, these just devastated fish camps and she spots um, a fishing net that's buried in, in the sand there. And she picks it up and you could see that it was, it was ruined. And she was able to say to the administrator, she says, this is a beluga net. This is what, this is what people use for their subsistence. This is probably not repairable, but this net with all of the gear on it is probably worth a thousand dollars. And so for the administrator to, to kind of translate that mm-hmm. into, all right, so you've lost a boat, a net, a motor, your four-wheeler, your, your cabin, your fish cabin, your fish camp doesn't look like much, right? But what's inside is what allows a family to live for a year. Because it's where they do all their processing. It's where they do, it's where the the harvest all comes together. And so to be able to translate that to her and then just weigh in. We we went all the way to the top with this. It's like, don't forget Alaska. This is extreme. And unlike Puerto Rico and unlike Florida, who they're going to be able to continue their recovery efforts for the next 365 days. But up north, you got winter coming. Yeah, you got yeah. ice that's gonna be pushing down. You've got people that are gonna, you know, the fuel barge is not coming back. The, the barge that's gonna be delivering construction materials, um, you probably have one more opportunity. That's You're it. You're right. So it, it's, it's so much of what we do is, is just trying to navigate the difference between Alaska and the unique aspects of, of so many parts of our state and particularly, particularly rural Alaska and particularly the needs of our native peoples. You're right. You, you, you hit on something. Uh, I think I got the question of the episode. So winter is coming. Lots of things were lost. What do you call this, uh, do you call it a snow machine, snowmobile? 
a snow go. Which one do you call snow it? Machine. Snow, snow machine. machine. All right, yeah. there we go. Yeah, that's what I, was I just call wondered. It. Just wonder. I call it a snow go. It's like people wear, wear your. You do from, right. Yeah, it's a snow go. I grew up at you know in in Nunap and Bethel, Mamtagitlop, and we all grew up calling it a snow go. <laughs> well, you know, we coined Lisa in Southeast, and I think snow machine is a Southeast <laughs> term. So. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I know, for the big debate. That. The big debate. <laughs> So, Lisa, something that you said really resonated with me, and it's one of the reasons I'm just a huge supporter of yours. You translate Alaska. Alaska is so unique and everything so diverse. Mm, it's not an easy feat. No. And the thing about Alaska is we're so diverse in region and space and people that not one answer fits us. So to have you there to translate you know, you've been so instrumental uh, under the last administration, under this administration, in making sure that uh, you speak so well for Alaska and our issues. You were key in the infrastructure bill signing. You've been key, well, instrumental, not even key, instrumental in the VAWA re-signing. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I was so honored to be invited back uh, to D.C. and share that experience with you and Michelle Demert and so many of the others here. And you introduced me to Angelina Jolie. So thank you. For that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, Rick, it was so um, that was a really moving uh, gathering that we had at the White House for the signing. And. Um, it, it pleased my heart to, to see so many Alaskans that were invited there. You know, I knew, I knew how much work they had done, but for them to be recognized at the national level through that invitation um, made it all the better. Because there is so much, there is so much effort that was put into that by so many Alaskans who for years now have, have worked to um, to address the, the the real tragedy that we see when it comes to violence against women and, and children, and so we have we have some some leaders. You, know, you, you mentioned Michelle, um, but it's people like yourself. Uh, there are so many who are leading not only in our state but really uh, nationally on these. And you would think you would think that something like uh, legislation that protects women and children, women and families, would be um, wholly embraced by both sides of the aisle. That there could be no controversy, no politics about how we protect the most, some of the most vulnerable. And and yet, VAWA, the Violence Against Women Act, the reauthorization has been kind of this political football. It's been tossed back and forth. Um, and in the meantime, there are real people who are harmed because we haven't put in place policies that are, are protective in nature. And so for me, this was a, a real easy one, something that you, you don't give up. In fact, you figure out how you've got to, how you've got to bring different groups um, aside. And it also meant it also meant that we needed to stand down on some of the things that had just gotten in the way of, of, of a passage of this. And 
you know, you, you, you don't, you don't want to suggest that um, it's, it's interest groups that are delaying it, but you know, the fact of the matter is, is we got, we got held up um, uh, on the VAWA legislation because uh, it was being viewed as this is going to be the tool for gun control or not gun control. Well, let's, let's leave the gun control debate for another time, another argument. Let's, let's make sure that we are protecting women and children. And uh, it was a good effort. It was an important effort. And, and one that I had placed at the top of my priority list for a long time. I'm particularly proud of what we've done with the tribal, um, the public safety empowerment. Yeah. Recognizing that, you know what, in Alaska, you know full well, certainly down um, down in, in the region, um, we know that as much as we would love to have full law enforcement uh, in every one of our communities, it doesn't happen. It doesn't exist. And sometimes when there's tragedy, like we saw in Cake so many years ago, where literally people are having to 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 stand outside a church to to provide protection for a young girl who has been brutalized. I mean, this is this is why this is why again when you think about Alaska's unique situation, we have to come together to be problem solvers rather than just to use this as political messaging that doesn't advantage anyone. So the VAWA reauthorization for me was very, very personally um, significant. And I'm just really super proud of so many who helped lead in that effort. Yeah, I one of the things that struck me being there is out of all the uh, senators and folks, um, you were really held up as the champion on this. And it made me so proud uh, that our representation is one cares and has that empathy and caring. But you're so effective, you know, and we've seen that uh, through the crossover between the past two administrations where we're so polarized, you've been kind of navigating some pretty treacherous waters. And, you know, your name's kind of in the dirt one moment and held up in the sky in the next, but you keep soldiering on. And that's something that just strikes me and, and gives me a great deal of pride in, in your representation. Well, your words are kind, um, but it's, it's, how do I say this? It, it could be so easy to be distracted by the politics. And it could be, it could be easier for me politically if I were to just seek the cover of, of the of, of, of company on both sides, you know. Quite honestly, when you when you when you just stay within the confines of your your party caucus, there's safety in numbers. But you do that. And, and what happens? You're leaving vulnerable people who are, are, are seeking help from their government because you're seeking cover from, you know, not taking the political slings and arrows that come at you. I, I look at my responsibility is pretty straightforward. Um, I'm not going to be able to please everybody 
in the state of Alaska. I'm certainly not going to be able to please people outside the state of Alaska. But if I can work hard every day to try to listen openly and fairly and, and, and hear not only with my ears, but with my heart, and then work to respond, then I can, I can go to bed at night saying people may disagree with my final, my final decision, but hopefully they will respect that I have weighed and evaluated and tried to bring people together to solve problems. I, I believe pretty strongly that governing needs to, needs to begin in the middle and work out and, and trying to bring people together. And, and sometimes you get criticized for that, but you know, at the end of the day, it's about the people that I serve, that I'm trying to help address. Mm. Brianna, Brianna for that. I'm gonna switch gears a little bit. You know, we've known each other for, for a little while um, and primarily through the arts. And, and you know, and if I was known you as a, as a big supporter of, of the arts and the culture, um, I just have a question because not a lot of people can see. People don't see what we're seeing, you know, on the Zoom call here and us talking. Those are absolutely stunning earrings. Can you tell us a little bit about that? <laughs> Who are you wearing? Okay. <laughs> um, thank you for that. Because when I was getting dressed this morning, you know, it's a Sunday morning, so it's super casual morning around here. But I'm, I was thinking about, about this podcast and the conversation and and the relationship that I have with you, but also the relationship that I have um, with, with the people in Southeast. And I am wearing some earrings that are made by Lily Hope. Um, Lily is an extraordinary um, uh, artist there from Juno, Clinkett, and these are Chilcat um, uh, weave earrings. And there's some of my favorite. Uh, I was gifted them when I was in Juneau, um, uh, uh, probably at the, around the first of, of the year. And it is it's something that made me smile this morning when I was thinking about you. I'm like, I'm 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 just feeling um, I'm feeling my connection to you. But it is something that uh, I, I I feel connected because of the of the work the art the just the, the the beauty that comes from not only not only your region uh but because i was raised in southeast i've got a very special connection to it all and when you're working hard and you have hard jobs for me i find that the things that i wear um, that make me, that kind of remind me of who I am and where I'm from, uh, help me get through a, a hard day. It's, people might think that that's, that's silly and superficial, but I actually think about it. I actually think about, um, I think consciously about the earrings that I'm putting in in the morning. And I, and I recall who, who shared them with me. I recall the stories behind them. Um, and I'm I'm very proud to to be able to support the artists that do such extraordinary extraordinary work, and you know there's so many of them. That's beautiful, and and, and absolutely what the, that word support the artists. I love that because I remember walking into your office this 
it was uh, I say it was about eight nine nine months ago, and uh, with Ben Brown, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and and you had just come from a an event, and with with thousands of people, you know, it was like one of those first big events that you had been going to, you know, since you know post COVID, and 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 um, and you shared that uh, you had a walk on song. And <laughs> we had no idea, you know, you had no idea that we were going to connect and see yeah. each other that morning at, at all. Yeah. Um, it, was, but, yeah, it was the electric bubblegum one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the bubblegum <laughs> song. And you had shared, uh, you know, your walk on was with, with Bumiwa, my band, and yeah. playing that for all those people. And I just want to just definitely. There were 3,000 people. Yeah. 3,000 people huge. at a <laughs> union convention. And that was what I chose to be my walk-on song. And then I was able to share with them Pamua. Yeah. yeah. And I just want to get, just thank you so much for that. I mean, that's just that love that, that you show and the pride that you have um, with, you know, us folks from Alaska. It's like, that's, that's here. You could have played any song, any song, yeah. uh, but you chose, you know, um, our music, uh, you know, a group that comes from Alaska, you're supporting Alaska native music, you know, the, and we're singing it in the Yupik language. I mean, these are, mm-hmm. people are probably hearing that for the first time, you know, and, um, well, these are, yeah. no, these are no small things. <laughs> yeah, It's huge for me. You know, I just want to share, share that it's, it's a big thing for folks like us, you know, and, and to be wearing Lily Hope's earrings, you know, those little things are just, um, the speaks volumes. Well, I just want to say it, it's that connection, right? And that's something, Lisa, you have in spades is the connection to the people. You know, you grew up in Alaska. Your kids are growing up in Alaska. Your parents are here in Alaska. And I'm going to tell you a, a connection I don't think I've ever told you is my grandfather and your father served in the Coast Guard together. No kidding. Yeah, I very vividly remember sitting in uh, the hospital room in Ketchikan when my grandfather was in his last days and he saw your dad on on there and he he told me those stories and pointed out that you'd ser- they'd served together. And then uh, it was probably a month or two after uh, his passing and my mom and her siblings got uh, letters from your dad just re- remarking. And so they were both re- uh, known as ski because my grandfather was Shedlowski and, you know, of course, Murkowski. So it's something <laughs> that, you know, we have these crazy connections, That's a lot of connection. right? In Alaska. Well, but uh, I was just at Southeast conference where I saw your dad and, and got to say hello to him. And one thing I appreciate about him is he, he might be retired, but he's still championing our ferry system. Yeah. So we, we yeah, he is, you know, he, um, I, I, I think part of it is I think big part of it is we grew up there in Southeast. You know, I was born down in Ketchikan, but we moved very shortly after, cause you know, dad left the coast guard right after I was born. But um, the, the growing up years in, in both Wrangell and, and Juneau um, and uh, just the um, just the fact that, you know, you, that was how that was how we moved around was on the on the ferry. We just did. And um, and you realize we had a transportation system that that worked pretty well. and. It actually worked at a time when, you know, 
I'll date myself a little bit here, but we didn't have oil money then when we put the Alaska Marine Highway System together. Right. Um, that came around in the in the early 60s. That was before oil. We figured it out. We made something work that worked for the communities. And, you know, it's just beyond me that that we're at this place where we can't we can't even handle basic operation and maintenance of of a transportation system that we we need to have. And so, yeah, dad is dad is pretty passionate about it. And um, I think that that has been imbued in me um, from a long time ago Uh, when I'm in southeast. I tell my my team, it's like, all right, I know that you want to get me from point A to point B quickly, but you need to know I want to be on the Marine Highway every chance we can get. <laughs> and it's beautiful. Yeah. Well, it's it's beautiful because that's way that's how people are traveling if if they can get if there's a ferry that's that's moving. I worked all summer long to say, okay. Whenever I'm in Southeast, look for this, the ferry schedule. And fact of the matter is, ferry schedule wasn't as reliable as we would have liked. So I was able to make it up to Haines from Juneau and back. And so I got, I got at least two, two ferry rides um, this summer. Actually, I got three ferry rides this summer. Um, but it needs to be a system that's reliable. So this is one of those things. When I look back at good things in the infrastructure bill, I'm I'm so pleased with what we did with water and wastewater infrastructure and everything from ports and harbors and everything that's coming from broadband. But I'll tell you, the piece that we put in, that I put in for the Alaska Marine Highway System and the support for, for ferries more broadly, it is, it is really, really significant. And it's kind of a one once in a lifetime deal for us. So we've got to we've got to figure out how we get our act together on this because these communities, these communities need. I was I was there, um, and this was right when COVID was kicking in, and and Angoon wasn't going to see a ferry for months, and uh, I was with. Uh, um, Oh, what's her first name? Marino. Um, we were in her house, in her mom's house in Sitka. Oh, Rachel. Uh, yes. And and they were literally putting together boxes to to ship over, or not ship over because there was no ferry, but to try to get um some of the small air carriers to 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 move um food, water, stuff to Angoon. And I just think about it you know, we've got a ferry system. It needs to be there for people. So anyway, I'm, I'm distracted by it because I think I have my dad's passion about what we do to make sure that a transportation system um, that may be a little bit different than what you have in the lower 48 or here, you know, up in South Central, it needs to be sustained and maintained. Yeah, you know, you bring up Angoon, and I was just out there a, a little less than a month ago. And, and, you know, you it's being out there in the villages where you learn things that you just don't know when you're not there. They've had, unfortunately, several people pass away. They've had many kind of deaths. And one of the biggest concerns they have for the ferry system right now is just being able to transport their deceased family members. 
And what if, I mean, it hits you like a big slap in the face to hear that. And you're just kind of devastated, but that's what our rural communities are living with. And you have a ferry system where that we grew up dependent on, reliant on. And I think it paints a picture of rural Alaska as poor and devastated. And we're, and we're not. It's really about issues of access and, and equity and access. So, you know, it's something we certainly care a, a tremendous amount about and thankful to see all the dollars in the infrastructure bill. But I'm just worried that once they get to the local level, are they going to really get them carried out in the way they were intended to improve the system. Well, and that's that's why it really does come back to commitment. It comes back to a prioritization. And the state of Alaska needs to prioritize its 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 transportation infrastructure. All right? We're a huge state and we have prioritized our 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 airports. Um, that's great because that's how people are moving. Um, the state has prioritized our road system. I certainly see the benefit of, of that uh, up here, um, but equal to air and road needs to be marine highway. And, you know, Rick, you mentioned, you mentioned your dad and, and the Coast Guard and, and my dad and the Coast Guard. Well, I, I'm gonna be going over to Kodiak um, in a couple of days here and I'm reminded that those Coast Guard families, they rely on that ferry. When, when their tour is, is over, they need a way to move all their household goods out. And, you know, putting it on Alaska Airlines is just pretty tough to do. Uh, and it's not just Kodiak. It's those in, in, uh, in Cordova. Um, it's Petersburg. It's all over. And the Coast Guard has reminded me what a priority our marine highway system is. So we need to be thinking about, um, again, as a state, how we support all of our transportation systems instead of pitting one against the other. I keep seeing all this stuff about how the marine highway system, the ferry system loses money. Why are they talking about the fact that we don't make money off of our of our highway system up here. We don't, <laughs> we don't, nobody ever talks about it because that federal highway dollars, that's a taxpayer expense that comes out and it's all shared with everybody. And nobody, nobody here is talking about whether or not it's, it, you know, whether or not we're subsidizing our federal highways or, or not, or whether it's a money loser, don't even think about it. But yet we, we say, oh, the highway system, it's not yeah. making any money. It's not a pleasure cruise. It's, it's transportation. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, I mentioned earlier that I, I, I feel like I have to translate Alaska to, to our federal officials. I think sometimes we need to remember that our state is so big and the region's so different and so diverse that we need to sometimes explain it to one another within our own state. There's so many people who... I, I, I work with up here in, in the Anchorage area um, in Fairbanks. When we moved up to Fairbanks and I said that I was from Southeast Alaska, there's like, where's that? You know, <laughs> they, they literally, you know, they know that Juneau is your capital, but have they ever been down there? 
Do they know the benefits of um, the system, of the marine highway system? No. Anyway, sometimes we, we're just so big, we don't, we don't know ourselves. Uh, I think that's a really excellent point. I, I think uh, I remember a study years ago where it showed how much uh, revenue actually went to interior Alaska because of the ferry system, you know. And and I think it's important to be reminding, and it, it's not necessarily even in a competitive way. You know, I, I always say healthy tribes make healthy communities. Well, healthy communities make a healthy state. And we should all want to succeed together. And and it shouldn't be the rail belt against Southeast or any other region, but growing and succeeding together, right? Mm -hmm. And and I think that's lost in, in all the, the conversations. But, you know, you were, you said that the Marine Highway is one of your priorities. What, what are some of your other priorities that you really want to focus on? Well, you know, when I when I first came to the to the Senate, um, I had kind of identified a a focus around healthy families, healthy communities, because if 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 you're in a good place, um, uh, not only uh, not only healthy economically, um, healthy from a um, from a from the perspective of um, uh, just physical health, mental health, uh, food security, then, you know, you can, you can get through a lot of things. You can have things like disasters um, hit you. You can have things like, uh, you know, price of oil coming and going. Uh, you can, you can weather a lot if, if you're, you're internally strong and healthy. And, and some of the things that we're seeing when it comes to uh, Alaskans health are, are, are things that I find very, very troubling. Um, the report that came out just last week, uh, about Alaska being, um, really the most dangerous place for women. Um, that's not healthy community. That's not healthy families. When, when women, um, feel threatened within their own communities and, and within, uh, oftentimes their own homes, um, uh, I, we still we know we know for a fact that our, our rates of of domestic violence, sexual assault um, is is still uh, uh, still unfortunately number number one or number two in in the country. Um, I am uh, I'm also very concerned about mental health issues and and how uh, it's it's not only um, mental health and, and access to mental health for, for adults, but uh, we're seeing more of our young people and, and younger, younger people who are, are, are suffering. Um, and as a consequence, we may see, we may see a, a, a turn towards, towards alcohol and drugs and destructive behavior. Uh, I have, have, long been working on um, some of the initiatives to uh, to to be there to support our our veterans um, who again when it comes to to mental health issues uh, uh, the some of the suicide that we are seeing um, within within the ranks of not only the veterans but the active military we've got some we've got some very um, 
uh, troubling um, matters in front of us there. Uh, so you've got kind of the the, the health side of it. Um, I'm I'm worried right now about what more we uh, what more we can do from a food security perspective. We have we have seen fish disasters um, that uh, are not only impacting the security of, of families, um, but it's it's it is. It's an it's an industry. The fisheries are an industry that have sustained our state for for a long, long time, and it's all about management. So, what more do we need to do to prioritize there? Uh, you've you've kind of given me an open ended question here, Rick. But one of the things that um, I'm hearing as I'm traveling around the state is housing, housing, housing. Yeah. How do you how do you have healthy families? Um, and thus a healthy community if, if people are literally living on top of one another. Um, if they are living in, in really housing that is so substandard, it is, it's, it's, it's resulting in health issues because you have mold in your home or you just have, have conditions that um, are just really not, not good for a family. So... Lisa, if I can interject on that one, mm -hmm. I think we're, we're at a real state of crisis on housing, and it's something in my day job that I face. You know, really, Nahaza ha the is the funding mechanism and the law that funds native housing development, and that hasn't been overhauled in, you know, what, almost 30 years. Yeah. I, I think that's a real problem, and it hasn't kept up with the issues. You know, the, the funding for new housing development hasn't been there. Repairs haven't been there. So, you know, I just put that out there that I think that's an area that um, we really do need to focus on. Uh, you mentioned the fisheries, and I, I got to say this, the ocean trawlers. That, that That's probably, I think, the biggest threat to the industry and way of life that exists right now. When you don't see salmon returning to the interior, you know, it, it's crippling to those communities. You know this better than really anybody else in, in your position. So I, I just had to interject and throw those yeah. in there because they really chap at me and along with like transboundary mining issues for us here in the Southeast. Mm -hmm. couple, a couple of thoughts on that. Um, uh, I think it is, I hope it's viewed as good news that we are working a couple different angles to get Nahasda finally reauthorized to your point there. Um, we have included it as a, as, um, a part of the national defense authorization bill that is on deck for when we get back in, in November. Um, it's, uh, it's something that, um, uh, we're we're working to try to get advanced in the broader must-pass bill. Uh, in the event that we're not able to get it in there, we have it. We've included it in the um, in the uh, transportation housing uh, appropriations bill that we'll take up in December. So that's something that man, I am I am pushing on on all all sides to try to get Nahasda through. We did for the first time in 20 years, um, increase dramatically the Indian Housing Block Grant. But think about what that means. If you have had a program that's designed to, to push out 
funding through a block grant program for tribal housing, not increased in 20 years. And think about the need. So hopefully we're, we're going to see some, some good progress on this um, at the end of the year. When it comes to the fishing fisheries and, and the whole issue of, of bycatch, the issue of, of, of trawler and how, how we are, uh, how we are, how we are moving our, uh, our, advancing our fisheries or respecting, respecting, I think the, the balance, um, that needs to, needs to be, um, maintained when, when we think about all of, of the users, um, all who rely on a strong and a sustainable fisheries. Um, I've always, I've always said, you know, I'm not, I'm not the fish expert. I want to, on account on, on our, um, on our fisheries councils to, to really give us that best guidance. But I'm also reminded that these, 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 these systems, North Pacific Fisheries Management Council, um, it, it, it came into place, it came into being at a time when we had great abundance within all of our fisheries. And so when you saw changes, you had time to gather the data, do the analytics, really try to figure out what was going on and then act on it. But things are changing so fast. They're changing so fast. I don't think we have a very nimble system right now. And I think, I think we're seeing that, that play out a little bit with, with the challenges that we're facing. Wow, I really appreciate that perspective. It's, it's good to hear that. I feel good sitting here listening to you two talk. <laughs> this is this is awesome. Um, I want to just absolutely thank you so much for for being here with us. And um, I feel like I've, you know, gotten to to know you on it. I had no idea you were from Ketchikan and all that. You know, these little yeah. things like this. You know, that's what I love about you know this journey that that Richard and I are, are are kind of embarking on that we just started. It's like just really connecting with folks and 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 really getting to know each other it's like those little things that that connects us and binds us and i absolutely love it you know the fact that you know with your your grandfather and your father you know being in in uh, the coast guard together those little things that's just beautiful it's awesome so well okay so if we can do one more connection here because you mentioned aussie right aussie have yes. i told you my connection to aussie no okay so his last name is karawak right yeah Okay. Okay. Well, I, okay. It's a tough one. <laughs> I got well, some stories about that. So we won't go to that. That's a whole episode right there on just his last name. <laughs> I went to school with his brother, Joseph. Oh yeah. Wow. So, so Joseph, so I was at high school in Fairbanks and I was at Monroe, um, small school. And Joseph was one of the, there was probably about um, about six or seven um, students who had come from surrounding villages and they boarded with families um, to attend Monroe. And, and Joseph was one of those. He was a super, super quiet guy, very nice, but very, very quiet. And my senior year, I wanted to, I wanted to take 
a fourth year, you know, a second year of French or whatever. I was the only one in my school that wanted to. It was a very, very small high school at the time. 26 of us graduating together. And and so uh, they said, well, we can we can offer you French, but it would maybe work better if you were to do kind of independent. But maybe you could act as a tutor for other students. Anyway, long story short, Joseph Kerouac, was he from Chivac or? They're, they're from Shifornik. Shifornik, okay. Yeah. So he's from Shifornik. Um, it was the height of irony that in order for him to graduate from high school, he needed to have passed a foreign language <laughs> class. And so my job was to help him conjugate French verbs. What a ridiculous, what, you know, you think back on it, it's like, this is how we deal with language. We're not respecting first language. We don't, not even a thought that we might, that he might be teaching me mm-hmm. how to speak a language. Boy, if I could rewind, rewind time, that would be what we would do. But the beauty of our relationship, because we really did form a friendship, was that I would just kind of work through the, the conjugation of these French verbs, and he would doodle. He would sketch. And he sketched for me some extraordinary, just uh, just pencil drawings of walrus on the ice. Mm. and. Um, it was a very interesting friendship. Yeah, so and I've I've lost touch with him. Mm-hmm. But then when I when I first when I first met Aussie, I was like, I believe I went to school with your brother. And I think about I'm I've kept a bunch of my stuff from high school, and I know that I kept some of his drawings. So oh, that's one of these days, I'm going to wander through and see if I can find them. <laughs> I know it's funny, like the whole, but I mean, the foreign language thing. It's like, yeah, well, we, you know, put a flip on that. We've been speaking Yupik, and English is the foreign language. Yes, <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, just, I mean, just how you—it's the lens that you you're looking through. So, but thanks for sharing that. Yeah, it's the connections that you know you go through Alaska and how everybody's uh, separated by so few degrees. You know, they have six degrees of Kevin Bacon, yeah. and I think in Alaska, it's like. <laughs> If you can three degrees of Asigairayo. There, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he's every time we go somewhere, we I meet one of his cousins or something. <laughs> this is my cousin. I'm like, how many do you have? Yeah. Well, we come from big families, though. Yeah. It's like when I got elected to president Clinkett and Haida, all these people would be reaching out and they, my staff would come to me and so and so said they're your cousin. And I, <laughs> I have to check with my parents, are these all your cousins? And sometimes they knew them and sometimes they didn't. Oh, so, but it. you know, <laughs> we're all cousins. We're all related. That's good. Well, yeah. Lisa, thank you so much for joining us today. And what a great conversation it's been with you. And I feel like we've lived up to our name too, opening mm. the box of knowledge with you. So, gonna chee for this. Gunashish to both of you. Thank you. Um, thank you for the, the beauty of just conversation. You know, we were talking about it earlier, how, how sometimes um, how we speak is just so truncated 
it's sound bites, it's we got to get the message right. And so to just have conversation with people is so delightful. So thank you, Gunashish, for for opening that box, allowing me in as part of this discussion. And um, as as one who has been adopted into the Deshitan clan and proudly bears the name Anshawatki that was gifted to me by, by Selena, um, Grandma Selena, I, I start my Sunday with a big smile on my face. So thank you all. Awesome. awesome. Be well and good luck in your re-election. Yeah, we'll see you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye. All right. Well, that was our conversation with the uh, good Senator Lisa Murkowski. It was good, huh? That was a lot of fun. I mean, I think one of my favorite moments was when she gave uh, her shout out to, to, to Lily Hope and how she was intentionally putting on those earrings when she was thinking about the conversation uh, that she was about to have with us. Yeah, no, it's great. I, I was admiring those earrings. And it was funny you called her out on that and yeah. brought that out. Uh, she also gave you and your band a shout out. Oh, it's always, you know, the support that we have from, from her, uh, has been amazing. Like, like I said, in the, in our conversation was, I was, you know, she had no idea I was coming into her office and, and that she had just shared our music to all those folks. It was, it was really awesome. And, and that just really shows the kind of person she is. She didn't do it for politics or anything, or, you know, she did it because she wanted to. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's why I, I was glad to have her on our show. You know, obviously, politically, I support her, but really it's about Alaskans lifting Alaskans. Mm. And, you know, we really have an indigenous band, but Lisa um, has really supported our community and, and continues to every day. Yeah, I hope that Great. happens for a while. Well, I hope everybody enjoyed that. I hope that people continue to give us the feedback. One of the things I've really enjoyed has been the feedback. We're getting a lot of great uh, shout outs from people sharing on social media. The, um, and we really appreciate when you go on Spotify or iTunes and give us a rating, review us. Right. Yep. Uh, it really helps uh, with all those algorithm nerd things I don't quite understand. But I know they help us. And speaking of helping us is uh, our sponsors. And one of those, of course, is Bumyao. And we want to thank Bumyao for their support, their continued shout outs and uh, still waiting for that link so I could order some of their merch. <laughs> there. I got you. I got you. Um, Let me take this off. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other is our is sponsors is the Alaska Cedar Box out of petersburg alaska who've been phenomenal and you know they continue to promote and sell alaska native art but what a uh, ally to the artists that they really are and so we like to give them their shout out and to haani adventures who gives you a real indigenous perspective and tour of petersburg so thanks to those sponsors and mm -hmm. continue to wellness for everybody listening it's been an exciting journey Cheers.